if I had one wish, it would be that I went through worse because I'd be better. I don't even question whether it was worth it. I go, oh, yeah, well, I would do that three times over, four times over, five times over to be where I am now. Welcome to the Superhuman Life. I'm your host, Frank Rich, and this is the only podcast in the world dedicated to helping men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. It is our goal with every episode to help you take back control and rebuild your body, mind, and spirit. And we do so by bringing you real and raw conversations with people just like you, aiming to find their place in this world while dealing with the everyday struggles and battles that we all face. Now, it is my belief that we were all created for a specific purpose. And if we can harness that belief or faith, then take control of our mind and body or fitness, then we can ultimately create the life that we've always dreamed about, our own superhuman life. I want to let you know how grateful and blessed I am to have you here with me today. Let's get on to today's show. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Superhuman Life. I'm so fired up for you guys to hear this conversation. I'm talking with a great friend of mine, and I'm going to intro him here in a minute. So as I said, we are returning back to the more interview-style conversation uh, in this particular episode. I know the last few were solo podcasts, uh, bringing you some informative values, some informative content. And like, I, and like I mentioned a few episodes back, my plan moving forward, and really for all of 2020, is to be doing a mix. So obviously, I want to continue to share my network, my friends, people that I know, that I know can impact and change your lives. But at the same time, I got some things that I'm working on. And, and as I continue to roll these things out, obviously, it's going to help me with my mission to help men break free of their porn addiction. But with today, I have an amazing human being here with me. And this gentleman is probably going to be one of the most accomplished individuals that I have on this podcast. I know for a fact, um, in terms of just sheer resume, um, credentials, awards, achievements, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he is by far the most accomplished, but that's not really what we get into. We obviously, you know, we talk about some of his success and things that he's accomplished. Um, but we, we really dive into the mindset, the mindset of overcoming barriers, the mindset of overcoming challenges, setbacks, the mindset of overcoming our own internal fears. We talk about the mindset of achievement. So I want to intro my guest to you guys. It is Dr. Chris Spearman. Now, for those of you that are in the fitness space, you may be familiar with Dr. Chris. Uh, he runs the Shred for Science podcast. He actually interviewed me back uh, March of last year on his episode. And I shared with him right at the beginning of this, how instrumental that was in my life. Now, Dr. Chris is a PhD in cancer research. He is also a 12-time international cover model. Like I said, he's the host of the Shred for Science podcast. He's also the host of the Fitness Coach Freedom podcast. Uh, he is the CEO of Spearman Fitness and Cover Model Academy. So his mission in the fitness world is to help anybody that wants to get in cover model shape coach them and help them not just achieve that physique, but then he actually helps them get on these fitness covers through his coaching and through the work he's doing with coaches underneath him. They've helped him impacted thousands of people's lives and gotten them in tip top physique shape. He's rolled this into a newer passion 
which is helping fitness coaches and fitness entrepreneurs build their online businesses. So we talk a little bit about, you know, what he's currently doing. But like I said, he actually got his PhD in cancer research. And this was something that he set out very early in his life. You would think based upon all these things that he's accomplished that that he grew up in an incredible environment and just had the world at his at his hands. But that was not the case. Chris grew up in a destructive in abusive environments, which as we've addressed multiple times on a handful of episodes here, statistics show that when you come from addiction, when you come from abusive families, when you come from those type of environments, that the cards are stacked against you. And what I really wanted to get into Chris was how he was able to find the belief in himself, how he was able to search within to uncover his greatest why, to uncover and find what he was put on this planet to achieve. Uh, Now make sure to stick around till the end because Chris drops a bomb and he got very emotional when talking about up until this point in his life, the greatest achievement that he, that he has accomplished, which was just back in December of last year. And it's not what you think. Obviously I listed off a handful of his accomplishments, PhD in cancer research 12 times cover model, helping thousands of people, building multiple six-figure businesses. So, so the dude is highly accomplished, but you will be shocked and surprised when you hear what he says has been his greatest achievement in his life. I mean, he got choked up in sharing it. It's just one of those moments where you can just feel the passion from the person. Now, this was an awesome episode because I got to meet with Chris in person. He was in Tampa, Florida. We both attended a mastermind this weekend with a coach and mentor to both of us, Vince Del Monte. A lot of you guys know who Vince. So we were together over the last couple of days, and then I got a chance to meet up with him at our good friend Ben Pakulski's gym, MI40, here in Tampa. The sound may be a little bit different. You may hear some clanging and banging. You may hear some music in the background. I think there was a massive deadlift session going on during our during our interview. But hey, you know, this is the Superhuman Life podcast. And you're here for the content. You're here for the value. You're here for the conversations that I'm having with these amazing guests. So as always, you know, if you guys are finding value in these episodes and you have not done so yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating and review, whether that's on iTunes there or whatever podcast platform you are listening to. And as always, I want to remind you that this podcast is 100% free. I'm not dropping sponsorships, commercials, not monetizing this in any way. Uh, but I do ask that if this podcast is bringing you value, if it's impacting and changing your life, that you can help me grow this message and grow this word uh, to reach more people. And the simplest way to do that is by sharing it sharing it with just one person or share it with as many po- people as you possibly can. It's solely up to you. But guys, like I've shared with you a dozen times, I've, I've been given an incredible blessing in this life, in this world. And it's my mission to help men break free from their addictions, whether it's porn addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, whether it's depression, it doesn't matter. I'm on a mission this year to help as many men possible as I can. So I believe the mindset of overcoming the mindset of achievement. My conversation with Dr. Chris here is going to do just that for you. So thank you for tuning in again. Let's get on with today's episode. Dr. Chris Spearman. What is going on, dude? Welcome to the Superhuman Life. Thank you so much. Dude, you know what? I don't think I shared this with you, but I want to kick today off by sending a just a word of gratitude and a word of appreciation to you because it was just a few sh- 10 months ago, short 10 months ago, 
that you interviewed me on Shred with Science. And I haven't shared this with anybody, but it was really that conversation at our good friend's Rudy's house on that, uh, that March night that played a role in the catalyst of me launching this podcast. It's something that oh, I really? really dreamed about doing for a long time. Um, you know, this weekend we were together at, mm-hmm. at the events and I shared with you kind of the transformation I had to go through to really find the messaging. Uh, but I truly believe that there was a, a part of that conversation that we had that night um, that on the drive home that I really thought about it. And I said, you know what, like, what am I waiting for? You just made it so simple for me in the way that you set it up. The podcasting wise. The podcasting wise, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy. We, I think we tend, especially as entrepreneurs sometimes, we tend to have this fear and this level of perfectionism that we're trying to go through. Um, and I, I said it on the kind of intro, you know, when I launched the podcast, I had a little two minute kind of, hey, the show's coming. I have no idea what it's going to be about. I'm probably going to mess up. In every single episode, I've, I've done probably a dozen errors. But you showed me that how simple it truly was. So I just want to you know, show a, a sense of gratitude to you for, for that. Dude, thank you so much. I think one of the things that probably came across then with you is that it's simple because we're just being us, right? Like we're simple because it's not difficult to be you if you know who you is and you're happy with you. And I think in terms of you know, your podcast and what that means and the conversations that we've had, have gotten me quite emotional in the past, but that's because you're being you and I'm being me. Yeah, that's that has been the biggest lesson that I've learned over this last year, kind of on this journey that I've been on, is the authenticity, the the vulnerability that I try to show up with. And every day I get to have conversations with men reaching out to me, thanking me for what I'm doing. And I know you get the same thing because although you're not talking about, you're not having the same conversations mm-hmm. that I am, you have been very open and transparent in some of your struggles and journeys. And, and dude, just so you know, you're having amazing impact in the world. And I want to really get into all the stuff they're doing because from a resume standpoint, you are going to be one of the most accomplished individuals that I'll probably ever have on this podcast. You're a super young dude, highly successful, but you've been all over the map from cancer research to fitness cover magazines, to the other fitness shoots that you do, to helping is it thousands of people now getting cover model shape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, you, at yeah. least, yeah. And now you got this other thing with this fitness business stuff. So I want to get into some of these things and some of the similarities that you've seen with people that you've worked with. But you came from real humble beginnings. Maybe humble is not the right word, but you... Humble is an over-exaggeration. It was less than that, to be honest. Like, it, was, it wasn't even humble. It was like below. It was just like, it was nothing, dude. Yeah, nothing. That, was, that was mind-blowing to me because from an outside, like, obviously, we see your fans see you, your, your coaches see you, your clients see you. You got your stuff together, man. But when you were talking this weekend and you were sharing some of the stuff with your mom and, and where you grew up, it really shows that you have developed a mindset. And that's where I want to take it later on here. But I know I asked you before this, you'd be open to kind of share your, your upbringing and stuff. So, because statistics show, and I talked about this on multiple podcasts, you know, when you kind of come from these types of family environments and backgrounds, the deck is stacked against you. Um, addiction wise. Addiction wise. Yeah. So I'm an addict though. I'm addicted to impacting other people. And I feel like I'm addicted to some things. I just try and figure how I can best implement those. Like, are you addicted to the gym? We spoke about this like 20 minutes ago. And and obviously, it's your definition of an addict is different to mine and everyone else's. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to, you know, patronize and say I know what it's like in some aspects. But growing up 
and seeing an environment in my childhood uh, of addiction, you know, everyone's perception, I, I, of course, is different. All I saw was an extremely lost individual who happened to be my mom's partner at the time, look for meaning or searching for fulfillment, and he couldn't find it. Now, whether that's led him to his addiction or not, or to not be happy where he is, or that he needs a crutch of alcoholism, or whether it's drug abuse or whatever it may be, I don't know the answer to that. But what I did know, and what I did know from a very young age, is I don't want to be that person. And the statistics are true. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, if you grow up in that environment, you are and have a higher probability of being an addict of some sort. Yeah. But I've never wanted to be a statistic or an average statistic. And I think there is a lot of power in taking responsibility and realizing that it would have been easy for me to say, I, I, I can blame it on this. Mm. Now, I'm not patronizing anyone by any means who, who struggled because they've been in a bad environment. We, we all have been in bad environments. But I personally can just tell my story. And my story was that I knew that's how I'm not ever going to treat a woman. That's how um, I never want to live my life. I saw upset and anguish. And the reality is, you know, just for a bit of a backstory, I know we're kind of coming in at it at this end, but, you know, growing up, my parents were separated and, um, you know, my mom entered into a, a decade of, of abuse with, with a partner. It's the strangest thing in the world to say that that person was an amazing human being. It took me a while to realize he was an amazing human being. He was just lost. Yeah. He, for various different reasons, chose alcohol over a lot of other things. And whether, you know, you said that you, your belief is that that's not, say, genetic or hereditary or whatever it may be. And, and, and that's very, that could be very much could be the case. But what I did see was he was still making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, th I think one thing that obviously we're, we're in MI40 here. Yeah, if you guys hear Ben's office, the, right? So you, if, if you guys have are familiar with Ben, which I know most of you are, we're at Ben Picolsi's MI40 gym. So we got some crazy deadlift sessions going on in the background here. So we're in here some clanging and banging, but that's what I kind of going back to the beginning here. Well, this is what I was going to say just before we move off is that the one thing that Ben would always say to me and something that's resonated with, with me massively is you can decide to play a victim if you allow a victim mentality to creep in. Yeah. Um, and I'm not patronizing anyone in the sense that, you know, you need to get your shit together, but that's just how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, if you're asking me how I've managed to do X, Y, and Z, it's for a few reasons, because I never wanted to be present at home. Mm -hmm. So what could I do to escape myself? Put my nose in a book and go outside and play. Um, but, and, and I set my sights at what do I need to do to achieve X, Y, and Z to get out of there, make enough money so that my mom will ever struggle for money again. And that to me, having seen the pain, was my why. Now, I don't know what it takes to make that internal decision of, am I a victim and am I going to do this, 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 and this because I'm going to feel sorry for myself and whatever it may be, or the route that I chose. I don't know what that is really. Maybe you don't, you've probably definitely spoken to other people and maybe from the outside you would have a better idea, but I don't know what, for me, that was the only option I was ever going to take. I want to go back to the addicted to fitness and the addicted to helping people. But before we go there, talked about this guy, you know, with your mom and it was a matter of making bad decisions, making 
these wrong decisions that ultimately led him to some of these behaviors. But you said that for you, you knew from a very young age that you didn't want to go down that path and that you wanted to be able to put your mom in a position where she would never have to worry about money or have to struggle again. So right then and there, you had a why. You had a something that was beyond Chris Spearman that you're working towards, that was driving you to be successful. And I hear you talk a lot about you were placed on this earth for a reason. You were placed here to help these other people. What is it inside of you where you find this belief in yourself to know that that is what you are here for? Because I think that is a big thing. And and people that are making these bad decisions, they just don't have something beyond themselves. And I don't think that's the only thing that's going to help you. I think there's other tactics and things that you need to be able to implement into your life. But I think it's got to start there first. Absolutely. I think, you know, Steve Jobs quote or a speech he made at a graduation ceremony in Stanford. I don't know if you've, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite. And one of the, one of the, the lines he says is, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots look, looking backwards. And that didn't really resonate with me massively at the start. And the more my life progresses, the more I realize everything that I've ever done has been get me to this point. Mm-hmm. Whether and, and and then the question is, is that the case because I've made it or is that the case because there's something out there or someone out there? And we've spoken about, you know, faith before and we'll hopefully talk about faith on the podcast towards the end. But I feel like, you know, to come back to the question is, firstly, there's so many things to, to address even in that question. It's what gave me the self-belief to know that if I wanted to achieve X, Y and Z that I could then there was the, how did I know that that was my purpose or that I feel that my why is X, Y, and Z? And then I suppose even coming all the way back to being there is that I felt wh- why or what was it that compelled me to take action and realize that it was within my control to do all of those things rather than just admit to whatever situation or environment mm-hmm. I was in. I think the best place to start there would probably be with my own self-belief. And where did that come from? I would love to say, I don't know. But the truth is, I think it came from my dad. I never had an amazing relationship with my dad, but he was there in, in my parents were separated, of course. And my dad was was working abroad for the vast majority of the year. So I never really had a close relationship with him. He was an amazing dad to the degree that this was what he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but without going into the, the ins and outs, my dad was very much, of, my dad was a Royal Marine in, in, in the British Navy okay. and um, was always uh, very determined to achieve X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, a brief story was I called to his house, you know, one day and hadn't seen him in about four months. I looked over and there was this, in Ireland, it's, we don't have massive houses like you guys are here. So, but I looked over and beside his house, there was this pretty substantial like shed outhouse area with, you know, roof, plumbing, everything. It was like spick and span, like perfect. It was like a second house right beside his house. And I'd been there like three months earlier, maybe four months. And uh, my dad, by trade, is a was a deep sea diver in the navy, and then went on to to work in the oil industry. I said, "Dad, what's what's the what, what happened here?" He said, "Oh, yeah, it's just yeah, I just it's been finished a few days ago." I was like, "Oh, expensive?" He said, "I did it," and I was like, "What? You built it? The whole thing? Wow. Everything? Like plumbing, electricity, everything? Slates the lot? I was, like I know my dad to the degree that I know that he can't do that." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I was just like, 
how, how? And he said, well, firstly, I didn't realize that YouTube and Google was as useful as it is. And he said, secondly, if such and such and such can do it, why can't I? Mm. That, that really hit me. I think it was maybe 17 at the time. You were 17. I was 17 at the okay. time. And, and that just showed to me that, yes, before that I had a self-belief, but it always probably came from my environment, my parents, which I was lucky to have in the sense that, or maybe other people who maybe coaches in school or whatever, maybe who basically would always say, if someone can do something, why can't I? If I could say anything to people listening now, younger or older, that is to really Take, take that in for a second, because with, with all respect to everyone doing amazing things, I feel like if you want something enough and you're in the right place around the right people and you're willing to open your mind, I think you'll be surprised with what you can achieve. And in you know the least egotistical way, mm-hmm. I believe that if you were to ask me to do something and I dedicated X amount of time, it could be a lot of time, yeah. but I know I would do exceptionally well. Yeah, well... You and I are, I mean, we've both been extremely blessed in just a short amount of time that, that we know. And we t- I know we talked like a year ago on your podcast about the people that we are connected with that we didn't even know about at the time. But we both have this kind of network of some highly successful and uber successful people. I mean, we just spent this past weekend with dozens of seven-figure earners, eight-figure earners, and there's even a nine-figure earner. And when you see them from afar, they're like, and this happens with celebrities and pro athletes. You know, we all kind of grew up, especially here in America, you know, we grow up kind of idolizing these sports figures. But then as you kind of grow and you start to insert yourself in some of these circles and you meet these people, you realize that everybody else out there is just like you. We're Mm. all these we're all just humans. There's mindset things about people. There's drive focus that, and obviously we're all granted with gifts. I mean, we're all given special gifts and talents. And I think it's our job to find that, find our place in, in this game of, of, of life, because I think it all fits together interconnectedly. You have this particular set of skills, as do I. Stephanie always makes fun of me. She refer- you've seen the movie Taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that a lot recently, but I don't, I don't know why it's not like I just watched a movie, but you know what I mean? Like you have some gifts that were, that were granted to you at, at birth and you've done an incredible job of finding them and going all in them. But dude, I resonate hundred percent. There's something out there that you want to do. Just like I said with this podcast, man, like I thought about it for a super long time. And I think it was self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs for me for a very long time, but it wasn't until I got around the right people that showed me it's like you can do this and i know i'm improving with every single episode because i get people that reach out to me and say dude you're improving this you're you're making it happen you know one thing joel said this weekend it's like in his mind there wasn't a person in the world that he couldn't become friends with Mm -hmm. so just resonating with exactly what you're saying out here if somebody out there has accomplished something in the world then that means that it's achievable like that roger bannister you know four minute mile story i know you know we're both kind of uh, self-development junkies. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that story gets thrown around a lot. But for for those of you out there that don't know the story, you know, Roger Bannister was the first person to break a four minute mile. I don't know the year, but I know it was sometime in the mid 1900s. But prior to that, it was believed by scientists. It was believed by everybody in the world that a human could not run faster than a four minute mile. Within one year of Roger Bannister breaking that, 33 people did it. And then within like two or three years, like it was a few hundred people. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, brother. I like 100%. I think, um, you know, one of the things that, as as you introduced, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is that I've got over a dozen magazine covers. And I think just, just to put, to pull in on that for a second, that was my growing up, that would have been not even a dream. That would have been a, that would have been a fantasy. When did you get I, into fitness, by the way? When? Yeah, when? I played, I played rugby at a pretty high level, almost professional, semi-pro okay. as, as a, in university. And then I moved to the United Kingdom when I was doing my PhD okay. and 
I was always going to the gym and I decided that I was going to, you know, just, oh, you know what? Again, exactly as my dad said, I said, there's a lot of people in this gym doing shoots. Like if mm-hmm. they can do it, I can do it. Um, and it just kind of went from there. But just to hone in on the actual magazine covers, you know, to get over a dozen magazine covers, you know, I must be doing something right. And it's a pretty cool thing. The reality is that if you were to list my 10 biggest achievements in the fitness space, not one of those would be in the top 10. They wouldn't be in the top 50. What would be is their name, the people's names that I've impacted. Even getting much on speaking about it now, because it, it really pulls up the, the conversations that I've had with some, of, some clients that have been with me for two or three years and seeing some people literally being, being told they've got not, probably not long left to live in terms of diabetes or pre-diabetes and that's so much more impressive to me yeah. like and, and and then what now when i speak to you know other fitness professionals and within my mentorship and my mastermind i say you know what get on the cover of that magazine why because it may make it easier for people to know who you are and and, and they may reach out to you uh, and it will actually be easier for you to impact more people by doing so but don't lose sight of what you really want to get out of this. And for some people, it may be to get a magazine cover. To some people, it may be a lot of money. To me, I've, I've really realized when I was doing my PhD and I started taking on clients that impacting other people is, without a shadow of a doubt, the most, the, the, the most rewarding thing I'll yeah. ever do. So much so that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in, 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 in BPAC's office. We were surrounded by... People who have a lot of money and, you know, we're, we're doing quite well ourselves and I don't have a TV and I don't have a car mm-hmm. and I don't need a TV and I don't have a car. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a TV or a car, but for me, neither of those things w- are, are going to fulfill me right now. Yeah. So that, <clears throat> so that's a great way f- to go back. Cause I want to, I want to address the addicted to fitness and addicted to helping people. So I have a very clear definition of addiction. Cool. Uh, an addiction is a repeated behavior that you do over and over that does not serve you. So if you okay. think about it in that context, right. okay. by that definition, I, I could, I could see that potentially fitness. And I think this goes back to maybe the conversation that we were having yeah, earlier, right. But in terms of serving other people and helping and inspiring other people, maybe that's an obsession. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And 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 that, that's why, like I said, you're not going to patronize anyone to say that I know this niche, this is you. But what I would say in that sense is, and we spoke about it outside, there are times as fitness professionals that we don't actually want to go to the gym. We want to be able to listen. I would need to take a step back mm-hmm. like I have over the last few months. Yeah. Um, you know, I've realized that I've been able to do that. And I've been able to focus on other things that serve me right now yeah. and, and impacting other people as one. Um, you know, in terms of maybe, you know, having an addictive personality, whether that's the right or wrong definition, the best way I can kind of define how I feel about things is that I don't do things half-assed. Mm-hmm. By the definition of addiction, like you said, you know, that's not really an addiction per se at all. It's an obsession. Mm-hmm. I think I just, you know, want to be pretty good at, a small number of things. Yeah. You know, I've never felt the need to, maybe this is going overly deep and, 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 and maybe other people can, you know, can, can, can shed a light on this. But I suppose what I felt was that I 
want to become the best version of myself. And I know and I'm empowered enough to know that I'm in control of my future, barring maybe some serious illnesses or getting hit by a car. I am well within the capabilities of achieving whatever the hell it is I want to achieve. And I just know that excessively drinking alcohol or taking drugs is not going to get me closer to that. I don't think I need to be intoxicated to enjoy who I am. I just think I need to find out firstly who I am. And if I'm not overly happy with some aspects of me or then I'm empowered to change or improve or, um, you know, whether that, you know, coming back to the training aspect of things, I don't think anyone walks into a gym who's fully happy with themselves. You know, I think barring some small exceptions of improving performance, but then you question, okay, well, you know, are you not happy with where you're at? And I think if you dig deeper into the the psychology of maybe why people feel they want to improve, I find if you can flirt with the line of wanting to improve but still being grateful, I think you're in a very good place. Yeah, well, you got to be careful from not being happy and having that as your fuel for change versus what you said, becoming the greatest version of Chris. Mm -hmm. So do you have something that you've used or something that you help? Because I know a lot of people come to you to help, and I'm sure a lot of them come to you for that reason of not being happy. So what's something that you pass along to your clients to shift their mindset from, hey, we understand that you're not happy, and that's why you reached out to me. Mm -hmm. But let's not use that on a daily basis to fuel us because Mm -hmm. it can potentially lead to a very destructive And and I've never done that. I don't, don't, I've never done that. When I was growing up, even my perception as a child was not like, it wasn't, I don't want to live in Ireland all my life. Mm -hmm. It was more, I want to go out and achieve X, Y, and Z in my future. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was the way that it was framed in my mind. And in the fitness space, at least, I think there, unfortunately, is a lot of scaremongering is maybe the wrong word, but I think if people kind of walk towards positivity rather than walking away from negativity mm-hmm. i personally find that that's generally a better option or a solution i've never wanted to there's a, a parable of the dog and the nail have you heard that <clears throat> there's no. a there's there's a there's an, there's an old man sitting down and uh, his dog sat beside him and, and another old man walks by and says oh hey your dog's sitting on the bed of nails and he says i know he was looking at the guy going your dog's sitting on a bed of nails and he said i know he said well well, what's he going to do? And he said, he'll move. When? When the pain is bad, bad enough. Mm. So I think if you're in a position, yes, you may go, you know what, I want to get out of here. But I would just urge people to maybe look towards the future in terms of what's possible and have self-belief. You asked me, or, or, or we kind of spoke about what I feel like my why is and, and what my purpose is. And I didn't know it for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think maybe I'll never fully know it. I'm always getting closer and closer and closer to what that may be. Changing. I think so. And, and I think one of the things that I have identified, especially in the last year or so, is that my, let's say, gift is not to get people in cover model shape. And it's not to help people grow a business. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. I believe my gift is to look at someone, talk to them about their why and their goals and empower them and show them that there is absolutely nothing on this earth that they cannot achieve if they really want to achieve it. I feel like empowering other people, investing into their emotions Mm -hmm. and letting them realize that it's possible is my gift. I just happen to use that with people who want to get in cover model shape and people want to grow a business. Now, 
we both know that anyone can get in cover model shape if they want it enough. Yeah. And, and I mean this in the most respectful way. The easiest thing in the world is to lose weight. The easy, doesn't matter who you are. You could be, if you're 300 pounds, listen to this. The easiest thing in the world is to lose weight and lose body fat. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy to achieve. Mm-hmm. But you know what you need to do. Yeah. If you can put yourself, in, in, it's the simplest thing. Put yourself in a calorie deficit every single day. But it can be the most difficult thing to actually allow yourself to go through with. So then you look at it and go, okay, well, what do you, what are you struggling with? Because you know, let's just say if you need to lose weight, you know that you need to be in a deficit, which means you need to stop eating shit and you need to eat it or exercise a little bit more. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy to do that. Mm-hmm. So the reality is the difficulty is within your own mind. And I feel like if you cannot have that internal conversation and realize maybe, yes, you may need support, but the reality is, you know, if someone put a gun to your head and said, you need to be in a calorie deficit today. We both know that it would happen. And if you would have gone you know, at your head tomorrow, you'd be in a calorie deficit tomorrow. I think what, what that forces people to think about, you know, if, if they take that, that frame, is what is the reason you want to lose the weight in the first place? So if someone comes to me and wants to get in a cover model shape, I say, okay, that's great, but why? Mm-hmm. And I'll dig, I'll dig and dig and dig and be like, well, why? Why? Because it's not always going to be easy. The most difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life is was my PhD. Not because it was difficult in, intellectually. It, it wasn't. The most difficult thing was the loneliness that comes with it that nobody tells you about. That you, you know, to, 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 to successfully defend the PhD, you need to find something that nobody else in the world has ever discovered before. Hmm. Every, wow. every, yeah. every, okay. every time I say that, I'm like, fuck. No, I... I've never oh, heard it fair. phrased. That's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> not figure really. it out. Um, so, but, I've but, never but that's it, it. I've never heard it phrased in that way. I mean, but to say it in that way, I mean, it's, it's true. Oh, I would 100%. assume I'm not a, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. gone. So, you could, so, so if you don't, um, you need to find some novel discovery that no one has ever discovered before. Now, of course, it, like business, you have to niche down, yeah. right? But the reality is, if you don't discover something that has never been discovered before, then you're just repeating old information, which you can do and it would be a study, but it's, you won't get a doctorate for it. Yeah. So to think that I have discovered something that no one in the history of this planet has ever discovered before. There's a few things that I have that, that are in my thesis. That's an incredible feeling. But what does that mean when I get stuck on that quest? Who do I ask? My teacher doesn't know. My supervisor doesn't know. My supervisor hasn't been, hypothetically, your supervisor probably hasn't been in a laboratory for the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. A lot's changed in a year, let alone 15. Yeah. So when you, and because it's so specialized, everybody around you is doing completely different things. Some people were brain tumor, um, you know, prostate cancer, you know, obviously mine happened to be leukemia. And yes, there may be people in China or somewhere else who are doing similar things, but either one, it's, it is only kind of similar or two, you can't tell them or they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can't do it, right? So it was the loneliest period of my life. Like to think that I have this thing hanging over me for four plus years and it is just me by myself, literally against every human that has ever come before me that has been unable to do what I'm about to try and achieve. Yeah. So if you can't mentally have the, you know, the capacity and the fortitude to do that, then you'll struggle. 
So, so let's go, let's go, let's go deeper there if, if we can. And first of all, dude, you've just changed the way that I view every doctor in the world. Like there's a whole new level of respect because like I said, I've never heard it phrased in that way, but it's it, it is true. So obviously, some are more significant than others. Yeah, of course. You but- know, I'm not I'm not gonna you know patronize and say that you know there's. I'm sure sure someone has a PhD <laughs> for you know for a, for a you know a sticky tape somewhere. Yeah. But but know, sticky tape is is important. Dude. Important. We yeah. all use sticky tape right. for for something or the other. So God bless you guys. So I want to go. I want to you know I want to see if we can drive home this uh, this finding your why a little bit deeper. So you know we got a lot of guys out there that are listening to this podcast and they're listening. You know, my background is in training and muscle building. Helped a lot of guys, you know, pack on tons of muscle. Help guys get shredded for stage. Help guys win bodybuilding trophies. Help guys burn fat. Now I'm on a whole new mission, helping guys solve much deeper problems in their life. So they're all, you know, at some point in their life, whatever they're listening to this episode for. So when you're working with your clients and people are coming to you, whether it's for the Cover Model Academy or your weight loss transformations and now your business stuff. And they're struggling in that kind of onboarding process when you're going through them. And I want to lose weight, Chris. Well, great. Why? Well, because I just, I'm sick of being fat. Well, why? What are some tactics and strategies that we can pass on today to somebody if they're out there and they know they want to do something, but they're, they're running into these roadblocks every time they get started. Two weeks go by. Great. They're crushing it. Then a weekend comes and then they blow it and then they give up because they didn't have a deeper why uh, or somebody out there trying to overcome a porn addiction or overcome alcohol or, or whatever the case they great. They get started. Boom. You know, three weeks go by. They're not at the bar. They're not watching porn, whatever the case may be. Then boom, they relapse. They give up. You know what? I'm, this thing is just bigger than me. So what are some real tactical strategies, tips, advices, however, whatever word you want to call it, um, that you found successful for you and that you find successful for the people that you work with. Can I ask permission to be slightly invasive? Please. Name something, and, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be you know, the obvious, but name something that you struggle to achieve for a while. And it can be any, any of the things that you struggle to achieve for a while that you just couldn't do or fulfill or give up or whatever it may be. Me personally? Yeah. Something that it could be anything. It, 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 can, it doesn't have to be something big or it could be something small. It could be you don't, you know, maybe you want to give up something. It could be. Maybe you want to achieve something, and yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be fully transparent. You know, I'm I'm struggling with, um, you know, launching this 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 new coaching program that I know I need to, um, and I know it's gonna help, um, but and, I got a lot going on. And what you know? do you think the roadblocks are? Uh, I think questioning myself. Am I? Imposter syndrome mm-hmm. possibly is a, is, a, is a word up for it. Okay. Do you know what you need to do? Not whether you're willing to do it because you're procrastinating. Do you know what you, or do you think you know what you need to do to make it successful? 100%. What do you think is, you know, if, if we were to say maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome, which we all have, but it doesn't go away. Um, you know, even Joel spoke about it yesterday. Um, a day before yesterday or so um, what I would say is why do you want to create this program what's the, what's the main reason is it because you want to be the face of the brand 
is because you want to impact more people, is because you want to provide a family, uh, a life for, for your future family, or um, it could be a combination of above. But what are maybe the two biggest reasons why you want to do this? It's not for me. It's not, it's not because I want to be a face of anything. It's not because I want to provide a family for Stephanie and I, you know, Stephanie, because mm-hmm. um, I can do that in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I struggled a lot in my life for a very long time. I was really good at not putting it out there as much uh, fear, anxiety, guilt, shame that I dealt with. Nobody in my world ever knew about it. I was really good at that. Really good. I think for me, I want to find the Frank Rich that's out there and is looking for that guy that can lead him out of where he's at. Pick a name. What's his name? His name is Chris. Okay. If you were speaking to Chris right now, who is you, five years ago, six years ago, whenever it may be, and you know how he feels because you've been there. You know what he's going through because you've been there. You know how difficult it is to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. What would you do for that person? Almost anything? Anything. Are you willing to be a little bit uncomfortable for a little little bit of time to get there? Dude, I spent the last year being uncomfortable. There you go. So you procrastinating is going to, yeah, okay, this period of feeling a little imposter-like is going to be a little uncomfortable. It's meant to be. But why are you doing it? Because there's someone out there who needs you. There's someone out there who's waiting for someone like you to come along and say, I've been there. I know what it's like. Follow me. Mm. There's no doubt in my mind that you won't absolutely kill it and smash it because your why is strong. Now, if someone that wants to achieve something comes back to the weight loss journey, and, and I mean this with the utmost respect, as long as they have the right knowledge and the right support, the only reason they won't achieve their goal is they don't want it enough. That will sound difficult for some people to hear. But I think with the right support, the right network, the right information, the only thing left is enough willpower. And I'm not saying that there's someone out there that wants to achieve something. As long as they have the right information, of course, and the right support and the right guidance, they really need to dig deep. And, and dude, I've heard people say they want to be successful all my life. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But I know as well as you that it's not easy in terms of, you know, whatever we're doing. And we've, we, fortunately, we, we know a lot of successful people, they work hard. Mm. You know, I know a lot of people who've lost a lot of weight. They work hard. Nothing is easy, you know, in, in, in that way. There's always roadblocks. There's always stumbling blocks. And there's no doubt in my mind that although it may be difficult and you may be procrastinating and how about this? Every every day that you pray, every single day that you pray and and you're praying about, you know, launching this program and this program being successful and when it is successful and you're grateful and it's a prayer of gratitude, think about Chris. Think about that kid out there who needs you, who wants your help. And we both know that there's nothing more fulfilling than offering that. You know, I, I, I laughed and I joked and I said, I've not trained since September because my the feeling that I used to get from an external gratification is now internally fulfilled by conversations with people whose lives I've managed to change. And I think once your why is strong and the reality, dude, is, you know, this is kind of coming full circle. Um, December 17th, this year was last year just yeah sorry just gone was the best day of my life 
Why is that? It was the best day of my life and most successful day of my life. PhD is pretty cool. <laughs> um, a dozen magazine covers is pretty cool. Ooh. Because I fulfilled the biggest promise that I ever made, that every single bill that my mom has would be paid for by me and that every payment that she has outgoing would be in my name. And I'm fortunate that I can say now that that is the case and is, will be probably my biggest ever achievement. It's not the magazine covers. I owe her so much, not just because she did everything for me, but it was that why is taking me to here. If I didn't, if my mom and, and you know, if, if my parents were still together and, you know, they had an amazing life and, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't be successful. I'm sure I would be. But by no means would I have achieved what I've achieved because the pain was bad enough. Mm. Pain was bad enough. And, you know, I'm more than willing to sit on nails for, for a long time. Dude, I, I, I say it to, and, and even in the position I am now, I'm only 30. And, you know, I have the next 10 years of my life to continue and pursue everything that's ahead of me. And what I know, and, and, and I know, is there are very few things that I'm unwilling to do, as long as they're in alignment with my values, that I am not willing to do to achieve what's ahead of me for the next 10 years. Walking on glass, sitting on nails, it doesn't matter because my why is strong. Um, you know, I feel like I'm only getting started, as Joel said, although he's a, a good bit ahead of us. I feel like to get this far and achieve that almost to the point where I almost look back and I go, was it tough? Yes. Have I been through some difficult times? Yes. Have I worked exceptionally hard? Sleepless nights. No more than three or four hours sleep for best part of seven. Se yeah, legitimately. And in a moment, I look back and I go, doesn't even, doesn't even like, I don't even question whether it was worth it. I go, oh, yeah, well, I would do that three times over, four times over, five times over to be where I am now. So I'm ready, dude. I've got the next 10 years of my life. Like, there's nothing that is going to stand in my way in terms of what I want to achieve. The difference is now that I'm, you know, my mom's set. What about my family? That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I saw... I saw the, I saw you fighting to 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 get that out, man. That's yeah. Well, it's 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 a thing. It's a passionate thing because you know you know seeing what my mom went through and you know she's to say she's below the poverty line is putting it mildly. So to be in a situation now where you know I can I can provide and uh, I owe so much to her. You know I owe everything. I w one thing I I, I never shared. I, I briefly alluded to it on a podcast, but I never really shared, you know, the full story was when I was 11, um, my mom came in from, from outside from the post box and uh, she opened up a letter and threw it down on the table and said, what's this? And I was just kind of like sitting on the other side of the table, just kind of kind of put my head down and she said, uh, this must be a mistake. And it was a scholarship acceptance from a high school that was maybe 20, 20 miles away. She had no idea I even took the exam. Uh, I was 11. I walked in the rain for quite a long time. To you were 11? I was 11. For applying for high schools? Uh, yeah, well, so our, our high school is, well, uh, secondary school. So our okay. secondary school is like 
uh, 12, 13 got to it, like okay. 18. We've got six years. And um, we've got like a, a primary school and then a secondary school. So um, we, um, she, she opened it up. She was like, this must be a mistake. Uh, and I, one of my friends that was in my primary school at the time was going to this scholarship exam. I was like, I can do that. So I went, walked in the rain, never told her, took the exam, came home, never said anything. Um, and she opened up the letter and uh, it was a letter of acceptance. And she was like, what's this? And I said, well, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, make you feel uncomfortable that you couldn't afford it. If I asked, can I sit the exam? But I knew if I wanted it enough that I would legitimately pass the exam. And I did. So that was my mentality even then to be like, yeah, I want to get out of here, and mm-hmm. but but I want to you know look after my mom and make sure everything's okay. But also that self belief, and I feel like if I can impact any form of self belief onto anyone else, then I'm I'm in a good place. Yeah, it was uh you know it's it's uh it's been a pretty pretty cool spin so far. That's incredible, man, and 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 I know you gave your mom so much honor there, and I want to second that because I think the world is truly better because of what you're doing. And to hear you speak about her and the impact that she's had on you, she needs to know the role that she's played. Whatever she's had to go through and deal with in her life, let us all hear oh, to be able to get Chris to where he is today and he's having the impact in the world. Dude, so, uh, if, if Mrs. I was, Spearman, if that's her last name out there, yeah. and somehow this makes it way into your ear, thank you so much for everything you've done because I'm looking at your son here and... I love him even more than I did when I when I walked in here today because of because of what I've I've gotten a chance to to talk with you about right now. If I had one wish, it would be as crazy as it sounds, it would be that not for her sake, just personally for me, that I went through worse. Because I'd be better. The more challenges I feel I go through now, provided I've got the right mindset, of course, mm. I'm going to be better. You know, I feel like well, I question then, well, what if I had to go through worse than I went through? Yeah. I'd be a better, stronger person right now. And if I could, you know, I'm not going to tell people to think a certain way, but I'd invite people to look at whatever challenges they have as an opportunity for growth. I feel like the the worst thing I could have had in my childhood was an easy one. Mm. It wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't be fulfilled here sitting you know, chatting to you and telling you about X, Y, and Z. And people have been through a lot worse than me, dude. Yeah. People have, a lot of people have all over the world. But what I would invite you, if you're listening to this and you feel like you've been through something that's, you know, horrific or tough or challenging, see it as an opportunity to become better or to think about how you can maybe use your story to impact other people. Yeah, well, it, it, it definitely shouldn't be a, a comparison, you know, mode that you turn into. Exactly. Oh, I've been through, you know, I've been through so much more than you. So, you know, shame, you know, uh, guilt on me or whatever, you know, like, because I had to deal with this. It's like, no, we're all dealing with our own issues, our own things. And I think, like you said, it's like, take that challenge, take that struggle, grind against it, work against it every day with the right mindset to mold you to then take your story to help and impact other people, whatever that looks like for you. Because I know everybody's not going to want to be out there and sharing their stories and coaching people and leading people, but you can take your struggles and, and your challenges and your setbacks and your environments and your addictions and allow them to shape and mold you to ultimately step into something 
greater than yourself. So we're talking about a lot of high level stuff. And I want to, you know, I want to kind of wrap this up here and, and, and drive it home with, you know, maybe some call it rapid fire or whatever. But, you know, we're, like I said, we're talking a lot of high level, you know, shaping your mindset and, and staying in the right lane and using, you know, using your struggles against you. So what are three things that, that Dr. Chris does every single day to ensure that he's showing up with the right mindset to work towards his purpose to impact the world? So uh, I'd be doing a disservice to Ben in his office if I didn't say that I uh, try and take some time to breathe, as he would say. Okay. So I, I, I control my breath and I try and ground myself um, and I try and become a little bit more present in today, in you know who I am, what I'm doing, the person I want to become and just think. Um, number two would be I go for a minimum of a 30 minute walk, I, I regardless of whether it's, you know, rain or snow, or I'll go for a 30 minute walk, I'll clear my head and get my, gather my thoughts. Um, and then number three, I will write down the most important tasks that I have to do that day that are in terms of alignment. I want to make sure that they're the strongest things or, or the most important things um, that will get me closer to my goals um, that are in alignment with my values. So I'd highly recommend some people find something that grounds them, something that helps them to become a little bit more clear of thought and mm -hmm. then something that kind of puts people in the right direction. Got it. Awesome. Um, all right. So we, we're here in January, you know, big dreams, big goals for the year. You talked about, you know, this major accomplishment, December 17th, you know, out of all the things that you've done, that was, that was a big one. But you said it was only the beginning. So what are the things that Chris is most excited about in 2020, what's he working towards, whether it's one big goal, whether it's a handful of things that you, you want to achieve, but what are your dreams and, and yeah, so, so year? my goals, uh, there's a few. So, um, firstly and foremost is I want to become a better version of myself. You know, I know that's pretty vague for those out there, but there are aspects of me, my personality, um, commitments and things that I want to, you know, improve in mm -hmm. terms of um, you know, when I say I'm going to do something 99 times out of 100, I want to do it. But now I want it to be 99.99 times out of 100. Um, I want to get back in the gym at some point. Like I said, focus on that. But in terms of impacting other people, my goal is to help serve impact um, 250 people, um, fitness entrepreneurs within my mastermind, and to continue to impact thousands and tens of thousands of people within Spearman Fitness and the Cover Model Academy. The real truth is probably to spend a little bit more time doing things like this with friends, um, being authentic, being me, spending time around incredible people. And the benefit is that other people get to hear this and, and hopefully will be able to impact a lot of people. Yeah, I've, I've said this, you know, a dozen or more times. Imagine, like, dude, this is our job. This like, podcast you know I mean? it 100% is to serve the world, but it is definitely a selfish Yeah hobby job, whatever you want to call it in mind, because I get to have amazing conversations with guys like you and all the other guests that I've had, our great friend, Danny Vega. Um, I got some awesome people lined up. Vince, Vince and I will be recording here in the next few weeks while, while he, he's here in Tampa. So I get to have these amazing conversations, feed me, feed my soul, feed my mind, feed my heart. But at the same time, I just flip a little microphone on and I get distributed to, to the world and impact amazing. more people. So not a question that I, that I've asked anybody else, but it was really sparked by kind of our pre podcast conversation. Mm -hmm. We both took a significant amount of time off from the gym yeah. this past year. So what would you say the biggest thing that you learned 
about yourself by somebody that was addicted to fitness. I'm quoting it, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously, I mean, obsessed, yeah. obsessed, yeah. you were obsessed with fitness, getting on magazine covers like that, that in itself, I know takes a daily regimen. I'm sure there were times when you were two a days in the gym, um, which was serving a purpose at that time. But was there anything, if so, I mean, if not, like, tell me, I know I learned a lot, but what would you say are some things that you learned about yourself or about training in general um, by taking some time away? Because I know there's guys out there that are listening to this right now that are thinking, dude, I can't take two months off the gym. I can't take two days because I'm going to lose my gains or whatever. So what did you learn about Chris, you know, by, by taking a step away? I think there were two things that, well, the first, the first thing was that for the first time in my life, I was comfortable doing so. Um, and it comes back to my why, because my strongest why is for 2020 don't require me being shredded. They don't require me getting some magazine covers. Um, I'll get back on some magazine covers in the future. I'll compete for sure and i hope to compete in wbff and uh, i will get a pro card if i have to do 13 14 15 shows in a row i'll do it that's my mindset but i realized that it that's going to the gym right now isn't in alignment with my goals although there are other activities i can be doing Mm -hmm. like walking or or martial arts or whatever it may be so that was number one the first thing that i learned Uh, and the second thing was that I don't need to go to the gym to be an amazing human being. I don't need to go to the gym to feel accepted. And I don't need to go to the gym or do X, Y, and Z to feel like I'm being the most authentic version of myself. If I can find and figure out those three things, and then I go back in the gym and get shredded, I'm going to be a pretty cool guy. You're already a pretty cool guy. And when, when you're competing at WBFF, make sure to let us know. Um, you know, Stephanie is, is a yeah, yeah, for sure, pro. of course. Um, so if we can help, there's a political game out there. there you is. Play no, no. You know? <laughs> uh, so anything we can do to, to help you with that. So awesome, man. I, I 100% acknowledge you for everything that you're doing. I appreciate you, Chris, for chopping this time out here with me today. It was awesome to get to spend some time with you over the weekend and, you know, your vulnerability and everything that you shared with us today, um, I know is going to have incredible impact to people out there that are, that are finding this. So as we, uh, as we wrap it up and bring it home, where can, uh, you know, if people are interested in, you know, whether it's the cover model stuff, whether it's the fitness stuff, whether it's just tapping into more of you, because I know you're actively out there putting out tons of, you know, tons of content on a daily basis. So where can people find you the most? Where are you hanging out these days? So podcast wise, um, if you are interested in the fitness aspect of things, the shred with science podcast, if you're interested in uh, being in the fitness space in terms of building a business and a brand, then f- the Fitness Code Freedom podcast. Uh, and you can catch me, the best places on Instagram, okay. at Spearman Chris or at Chris Spearman.mentor, depending on which of those two you want to go down. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I'll link all that stuff down in the show notes. I actually dropped the link because you guys may or may not have heard of or listened to the podcast that you and I did. Yes, of um, course. A, you know, roughly... 10 months ago, talking all about the carnivore. I just recently recorded a full year review mm-hmm. of the carnivore. So I'll make sure to link that down there below. Um, one question I wrap up every podcast with, and we didn't get into, um, you know, faith and, and belief here, but uh, for me, living a superhuman life is it's got to start with believing that you were created for something greater uh, than you're currently living. And then taking control of that vessel, this one body that we have to experience this life in. Just just on that, you know, before you wrap up, I think this is really important. You know, I've, I've spent over a decade in scientific research and I've spent the best part of 30 years in education, right? Mm-hmm. And every single time 
and we didn't get to talk about my PhD or the oncology aspect of things, which I'm sure we'll do in, in another another podcast. But, we'll have to have you back on but, sure. but, but what I'll say is the more I learned about the human body and the more I learned about the, the human cell and everything that we are on a microscopic scientific level, the more I realized it's absolutely impossible that there's no such thing as divinity. I really believe that. Like from a scientist, I feel like there is just too... There's just too much that is in our favor for it to be by chance. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I know I've said it to you, and I think the, the phrase I used before was, faith is a gift I'm yet to receive, but I'm open and I'm willing. Because um, I do believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that there is, uh, you know, there has been a divine intervention in terms of our creation. You know, I, I, I hope and, and I'm there with open arms to, to accept that. But I can tell you from a scientific level that the more I learn, the more I understand, the more I realize that we're a miracle. Thank you for sharing that. And and I'll be praying for you, man, to, Thank to, you. to find that. And when he comes, he comes. Um, I've been fully open. You know, my my journey into Christianity and my walk with Christ is something I'm learning more about every single day. You know, I'm I'm like a baby in this thing. Um but it's, it's, it's changed my world. It's changed my life. It's changed my perspective. It's changed the direction that I'm going. Um, so I will 100% be praying for you and you'll find it and, and you'll know, cause we all, we all hear it a little bit differently. So as we wrap that up, finishing up really deep there, how would Chris define living a superhuman life? Being the most authentic version of yourself, regardless of what other people think or say, if you know, you know, who you are and your deepest core, and even if you're lost, like we all still are to some degree, just keep walking towards what you feel is your mission on this planet and on, on this earth for the time that we're here, at least. Um, at times you'll feel uncomfortable. At times you'll feel lost. And I think at times you'll question whether it was worth it at all. A few times. <laughs> but I, I guarantee you, you know, the further along that path that you get, the more you realize you belong. But you need to take the first step. Incredible. Chris. Dude. I love you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Guys, if you're out there and listen to this, obviously you're out there listening to this. But we appreciate you all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Supreme in Life. If you found value in today's episode and you have not done so yet, Make sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening there on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you are. Now, my ask of you is there's somebody in your life, somebody in your world that is maybe struggling with some of the things we talked about here today, finding a deeper purpose, finding a mission. Uh, maybe they're looking for some mindset tactics and, and, and tips. Help us help them by sending this to at least one person. Obviously, you got more than one. Please share it with them. We're trying to grow this platform we're trying to grow this message all about dedicated and helping men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness so i appreciate y'all i love you all for chris spearman frank rich thank you peace